podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi everyone, thanks for tuning in to GigPod 135. It's the Match Day 4 Champions League review. Yes, it's myself and Rizzo. We're reviewing Celtic now. RB Leipzig 2 result, which seals Celtic's exit from this season's Champions League. We're not out of Europe yet, completely anyway. We've got a lot to do in the next couple of games, but I don't know how many of you are going to be tuning out when you hear the first couple of minutes of this. Maybe this has been too miserable for you. Certainly going by a lot of comments on Twitter. People are thinking myself and John at GigPod are maybe being too miserable and too negative and dour about the team doing gloom, if you will. I think we're just being realistic and I don't think we're going to change our views just because we like the team, we like the manager and we've got high standards for the, the team and the manager combined. I can't wait to we're just talking about Celtic in the league again. I mean, this was about stepping up the standards and moving on to the next level. We were really excited about the Champions League when we were drawn in the group. We weren't getting ahead of ourselves, but... It was a favourable one as well, but winnable ties for us, I thought last night was, certainly. All in all, it's starting to feel that like the Champions League this season has not only been a distraction for the team, but even as a gig pod, trying to do it too, when we're reviewing the games, and then when it comes to the Champions League one in midweek, it's just felt like an absolute waste of time, and we've not really learned much, I don't think the team have either. Hey, hi Stevie, hi everybody. No, it's not been good at all, I haven't enjoyed one minute I Celtic being in the Champions League, I said that on Twitter. And I said that I'll say it again here. I think it's just been terrible for Celtic, which I, I can't believe what I'm saying. Really, when you look, as you say, about how excited everybody was when the draw got made, and it was a favourable draw. I mean, if you look at some of the other groups, like the one with Bayern, Barcelona, and and are in it, I mean, that's like the proverbial group of death. Whereas this draw was relatively favourable, but not the same feelings we've talked about. After every Champions League game this season have happened again, and they were out with two games left to play, and it's been terrible. And all I think the Champions League has done for us is get players out of form and get players injured. And I just really kind of believe how it's all unravelled. I mean, okay, we're still in a good position in the league, but the Champions League's just been terrible for us. Like none of the games really, apart from maybe. The first 50 minutes against Madrid and the majority of the Shakhtar game, we've not really played well at all and the team just seems to have lost confidence completely and I think the Champions League's got a lot to do with that and I'm still, I've am still i still got confidence in Ange and I've still got confidence in the team but I don't think the Champions League has helped Celtic at all and if this season doesn't go well, if we don't win the league, which I do think we will so everybody can calm down, I do think we'll still win the league but if we don't, I think the Champions League have had a lot to do with it because I think it's just knocked the team's confidence badly. And I just can't believe that's happened when you look at how well the team were playing. Like when we beat Rangers 4 0, it looked like we were going to kick on and it's just went, it's went the other way completely. And the team's form has just completely fell through the floor. And the manager and the players will need to get to grips with that soon because that's going to affect us domestically again if we're not careful. But we said this even when we beat Rangers 4 0, the team were lauded as we talked about, but it's going to be a long, sort of drawn-out season as well. There's going to be dips in form for both sides. I mean, Rangers have picked it up domestically a wee bit. We are struggling, but still getting the wins. It's going to be up and down. 
all the way till May. You know, they're now we're here to talk about Celtic in Europe. I was so buzzing before that Real Madrid game back in the, what is it, September the 6th, wasn't it? Flash forward a month and a bit, and it's almost just like, get the games out of the way now. I'm starting to wonder, you know, with the Real Madrid game and the timing of it, John, and I know it knocked the stuffing out as me and you have talked about this on air and off air and everything too, but even if we had maybe Shakhtar game at home first, especially after we'd just come off beating Rangers 4-0, the team, the support, everybody was in such a high, we'd go into a game, I don't want to be too disrespectful here, but let's be honest, RB Leipzig and Shakhtar are nowhere near the level of Real Madrid, European champions. You just wonder, you know, timing-wise, if we played day games first and maybe got off to a good start, do you think it would have all been so different? I don't know, really, because the same mistakes would probably crop up, the missing terrible chances, the giving away bad goals. I, I can't see even if we'd played Shakhtar or Leipzig at home, the, the team would all of a sudden like go on a run in the Champions League. But I, I'm surprised, really, that we've been so poor in Europe. I actually thought we did have a chance of finishing second, and I think that might have just been me placing too much faith in the manager and the players, and they've just no really lived up to the expectations. And then I see people saying, well, if teams play in Scotland, like they've not got a chance of making it through, doing well in Europe, blah, blah, blah. I think this season in the Champions League, that's no proof to be the case. I mean, Sport and Lisbon are doing well. And they're for a league. Okay, Portugal, they're maybe, and they're maybe like same level as us. And I mean, look at Bruges as well. Bruges have qualified there in the last sixteen. They've got ten points, and the, uh, you can't really say the Belgian league. Okay, they've got a better national team, but you can't really say that they're better the Scottish league. And okay, I don't think they've technically qualified, but they've got ten points. They've drew with Atletico Madrid tonight. Like that's the sort of thing we should be trying to emulate. I mean, okay, probably a, maybe a bridge too far. Home will be able to beat Real Madrid. But the team shouldn't have just collapsed the way it has. And that Real Madrid game was not the stuff about them. And I think Shakhtar as well. I really think they two games have had a huge effect in the team. Shakhtar, a game we should have won, but I think we were destined not to do much in Europe after that game because I know the, the chances we missed last night were bad. And you could say we were a wee bit unlucky with the one that when we managed to hit the bar on the post in the space of like 10 seconds but that chance Kyogo missed was just unbelievably bad and you need to look at the ones that we missed again against Shakhtar that one that Gigi had I mean he's missed two great chances for us in Europe and you would expect him to score these chances in Scotland look at the goal he scored against St. Johnson, the winning goal I don't know, something really affected the team's mindset in Europe and if they're not careful it's going to start affecting domestically because the the team shouldn't just... Okay, I mean, we've not got as good a players as Leipzig, probably, but Leipzig aren't that much better than us. I'd say they'll know a 5-1 in aggregate win against us over two games, and I just don't really know what's happened to the team. I really am surprised that after four games out of the Champions League, I really thought we might have done a bit better than that, but then we've been rubbishing Europe for years, really, since, I think... We've not done anything since, like, we beat Lazio, we beat Lazio under Lenny, and even then, when we got to the last, the, the game after Christmas against Copenhagen, we stiffed. So maybe I was putting too much faith in the manager and the players, and maybe, as we said before, they're not as good as like we think they are, and I think a lot of people think they are, and maybe even they think they are. But I really am disappointed that with two games left in the group stage, we're out completely. I mean, first team to be eliminated, that is bad. I'd say that's second half against Real Madrid. I just went fair play. 
I mean, I'm not a defeatist guy, but as soon as it went one 0 to them, I just accepted we were done. We were nowhere near their level, and we matched them for the first half. Genuinely, I was absolutely fine with that. Again, Shakhtar, John, at those chances, um, it's, it really has come back to bite us. We really should have won that game, and I still can't get my head around how even Shakhtar drew 1-1 with Real Madrid last night. And then we move on to the game in Germany. That game as well, where once more, guys like Callum McGregor, JJ, Matt O'Reilly, you know, our better players, they just didn't turn up and they ended up costing us. And then last night as well, you know, all I can say is the only positive, John, there was no stupid mistakes last night. Yeah, I know, we should have taken our chances. But at the back, certainly defensively, I thought, wasn't anywhere near as sloppy and as amateur as it was in Germany. CCV and Jens played well. They distributed the ball well. And I was encouraged by day two. First half, I thought Juranovic and Greg Taylor were okay, but they fell right out in the second, and Juranovic for that second goal was really, really poor. That is the only positives I can say, really, John, and take out that, the fact that we didn't do anything stupid, and Leipzig had to work really hard for our goals, but you know, at the end of the day, it's a 2 0 defeat at home. Will we ever get back to seeing Celtic Park being that fortress again, and not just a wee fun day out for these teams, but hey-ho. I just wanted to talk to you about the way the manager set up now. We went into the game last night, John, both saying that we felt it was a wee bit suicidal and naive by the manager. He'd be playing again that system against an RB Leipzig team who already know how to cut through our midfield, beating the first press. They were doing it at will last night in the first half, as we saw. I, I don't understand why he played Matt O'Reilly in the sixth position. You know, when you're playing that system that the manager loves to deploy and he's never going to change it. And when you bring on guys like Moy and Turnbull, because you know that system just takes it right out of the team with how they have to play. And Moy and Turnbull were shambolic against St Mirren. And then he's put them on in a game last night that, you know, it was a must not lose. And as soon as they went on, Leipzig just went and took control completely in midfield. Went up the park, scored. They got their second and... You didn't even see us getting back in it. I just felt the subs by the manager yet again um, were wrong. I felt the way that he set us up. I'm never going to agree with it in Europe. I'm really not. I'm going to try and be patient with it, though, because you're talking about Club Bruges there, John. Club Bruges have been in Europe the last four out of five seasons. They were finishing bottom. They were finishing third. Obviously, they've got a style, and they try and stick to it, and they try and learn from that. I can only hope that you know Ange and this team do. But then it got me thinking when people were saying, you know, think about where Celtic will be in four and five year time. And I'm like, well, the manager's not going to be here in four and five year time. Ange isn't going to be here. A lot of the players that play for him now aren't going to be there. And I think we're going to have to rip it up and start all again. So this argument that look at what Club Bruges are doing, that's all very well and good. It's not going to be the case for Celtic and Ange. I think that when he goes and when a lot of the players go, we're going to go back to square one again of the Champions League qualifiers or getting to the group stages and getting doing after doing. I personally, um, although I want to be proved wrong, I just personally can't see where this growth is going to be coming from. While we're still playing Scotland, and while we are essentially a sailing club, prove me wrong, John, and counter that, but that's just how I feel, and I'm sorry to everybody listening that thinks that's miserable. I'm sorry to everybody that thinks this is doom and gloom. If I can't be honest on the pod, then what's the point? But anyway, that's a great song. Rip it up and start again. Edwin Collins, Orange, just great band. But no, I mean, what I'd like Celtic to do is maybe no try and sell players at the first possible opportunity. We've been guilty of that too often in the last five to ten years, and I can understand why, because we're always, that's like the, 
the method of the club to bring players in for relatively cheap and then sell them for big money or bring them through the ranks and sell them for millions like Tierney. But, I mean, the team are never going to do anything in Europe if they don't stay, stay together. And if we want to do something in Europe, I mean, Ange will, he won't really become a, a pragmatic defensive manager. That's just not his style. He'll maybe make tweaks here and there, but he'll never he'll never change the kind of manager. As in, fair enough, I mean, he's been massively successful for Celtic so far domestically, which is really what it's all about. Europe is a, a, a distraction in a way, but it shouldn't be a distraction for Celtic. We should be even high. And I think the worst part about this whole Champions League catastrophe is that, I mean, we didn't even play, the thing is, as you said, we didn't even play any qualifiers. We didn't, we don't want to go back to the days of having to go through nightmarish qualifiers where the whole season's on the line in August. With so much time to think about the systems and what we're going to do and if we're going to have a plan B. And it doesn't seem to be a plan B. I mean, I really, I'm starting to scratch my head why we signed Oliver Abelgaard because he didn't go on last night. I know he's unfit, but why did we sign him, basically? It's, it's, a, it's a strange one to me. Even McCarthy, who isn't going to be an MD's like Celtic starting 11, I'd say. I mean, he's an experienced guy can play in midfield. Even more, I mean, we've got like three sort of defensive midfielder types. But I just didn't want to play with a defensive midfielder. That's why Matt O'Reilly was playing as a number six last night. And I agree with you, that is just not going to work. I mean, see if we'd done that against... I mean, see if we did it against Hearts even next Saturday at Tynecastle. I know Hearts aren't playing well, but that's never easy for us. If we done, if we do that next Saturday, start Matt O'Reilly at the six, I'd be concerned because that's the sort of thing that could go wrong. I don't know. I think we're at a crossroads, really, which is unbelievable to say. But, I mean, Ange has been brilliant for us. No taking that away from him. He's done much better than everybody all thought. And I hope he stays at for a while yet and we can get more success. But Europe has been poor so far. Bodo Glimp last season was dreadful. I'll never forget when we saw Rogic and O'Reilly in the same midfield. And it didn't work at all. And it's not worked again this season. And I've seen people talking about progress. I've not really seen that. I've just seen more bad results in Europe. And okay, the level of competition is higher. But RB Leipzig only that much better than Celtic. And I don't want to compare this to Rangers because I just... I know people hate it, but Rangers dispatched him relatively easy in that semi-final last season. And Leipzig were like, scared to play Rangers. And that was like the exact opposite of how teams are when they play us in Europe. They're dying to come over here, patronising the press covers before about how we're great fans, we're a great crowd, and that must feel be amazing. Then they inevitably walks away with a win, and Celtic need to change that. And I just don't think that's going to happen because... It's been ingrained for Celtic for too many years that we're a soft touch in Europe, and I just don't think Ange is the guy that's going to change that. It, I just can't see that happening, and I hope I'm wrong, but I really think that if Ange is still manager next season, and I hope he is, because I think he's doing a great job, and if we're in the Champions League again, then I'll be pretty much the exact same thing will happen. We'll make the same daft mistakes, and the team will be far too open in midfield, and that'll cost us. Sorry for being miserable in this episode, listeners. <laughs> I think it's good that we've got a game so quickly, though. We've got Hibs on Saturday, and of course we'll be reviewing that, and we'll do that on the Sunday, join myself and you. But yeah, that's only saving grace. We've got a game, you know, very quickly to get over that, and you're looking for a good performance against Hibs, but sticking with last night. Now, just some words on Dyson Maeda. Now, 
I don't agree with the abuses getting thrown at him now. I think that's a bit over the top. And we've always spoke about how Maeda is such an effective footballer for us, and he's useful, John. And last season, you know, I, th- I thought he was a great outlet for us. And I also think that Ange, you know, knew how to deploy him, and he knew how to get the, the best out of him. It's not really happened in the last few weeks, though, John. And I think ever since that, you thought about that Real Madrid game, not in the stuffing out a lot of players, I think. Ever since that miss, and it, you know, it was a hard one as well. I mean, I had I was right in line with it. Juranovic put the ball in to him against Real Madrid, and he scuffed it right to Courtois. It's a really difficult skill to execute, and a lot of fans were getting on his back after it. But ever since that miss, John, you know, there's been so many more voices sort of weighing in to criticise him. And, you know, constructively, fair enough, because while I don't agree with the abuse, what I've seen, um, certainly it's a Twitter thing, though, because I don't hear anything at the games, I don't hear any groans and outrageous slaggings of uh, Dyson Maeda. It's strictly an online thing. At the same time, technically, I think he's woeful now. I think he's still an effective football. As I say, he's useful for us. And hopefully he can get back to being that type of player. And we were singing his praises, John, pretty much you know every week last season. So it's not as if me and you have got history of getting on the guy's back. But last night, any time he was on the ball, just like for the last couple of weeks... Nothing's been coming off for him. And you've got to really question the manager in terms of why he's still getting a start. Now, I know that, as we're saying this, he'll probably play against Hibs. He'll probably score. And fair enough. But it's just shouldn't have been on that part last night. Um, He didn't offer anything offensively. And you're starting to wonder, I'm just going to say it here, I don't know if he's ever going to be quality enough for us in the Champions League. What do you think? I feel a bit sorry for him in a way because his confidence is obviously... No great than anyone. You can see that for I'd say a lot of the team. And as you say, we praised him non-stop last season. We've talked about that performance at Ibrooks in the game where we were just about won the league non-stop. It was amazing that day. But it's just no happening for him. And as you say, that miss against Real Madrid, I think, has dented his confidence badly. And he would benefit from a spell on the bench, but I don't know if he'll get a spell on the bench because Abada got injured last night. Jota's injured. Running out of players in the wing, I'd imagine Forrest will be backing the team at the weekend, and I think probably DM will play as well. But his confidence really is bad now, and I think that's a problem for an awful lot of team. I think their confidence just took a big knock with this Champions League process because it's just no been good at all. And I know you said you don't think that he'll ever really be a quality player for certain in the Champions League. I think maybe only CCV is the only Celtic player in their first team that's quality playing the Champions League. But we can talk about that on a future podcast, I'd say. I hope he can get back to the way the player he was last season, but I do think he needs a rest of the team for a bit. I think he would damn the world a good. Well, listen, thanks to everybody who's stuck with us. Look, since we've been doing GigPod right, we kicked it off and it was in miserable fashion during the Neil Lennon COVID season. You all stuck with us then and things got better when Ange came in. You stuck with us then too. Now, it's not been great in the last few weeks, but we are still top of the league. We are still champions and we're still in a good position and we do have a good team and, yeah, we do have a great manager. And cheers for sticking with us. I know that, you know, on Instagram and on Twitter, people have been saying, oh, you've been too doom and gloom, too negative. Even John, John's been compared to Chris Boyd. Stay strong, John. We are all with you. And with that, you can uh, do your roundup. Cheers, everyone. Thanks for that. There's... Almost a tear in my eye. I'm so moved. Therefore, we are kind words, Stevie. 
Yes, so thanks everybody for listening. As ever, you know where to get us now on the podcast platforms, on Instagram, on Twitter, at GigPod. We will be more cheery on the next episode, we promise, as long as Celtic do the business against Hibs at the weekend, and here's something that we do. Find us in all the usual places, give us good reviews, tell us how great the podcast is, etc. So we'll be back at the weekend after the Hibs game, where hopefully Celtic get back on track. We're still the best team in Scotland. We'll still get fee from the players and the manager. And hopefully that'll be the start of a new, a new era for Celtic, putting together a string of good wins and performances as we defend the title. Right, we'll speak to you all soon. Thanks everybody for listening and hail, hail. Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.